Hello everyone and welcome to a new episode of the Super Human Podcast. I am your host Renato Capasso and together we will talk about the latest biohacks and scientific discoveries that will turn you from a human into a super human. And it all starts now. Hello, my dear Biocom friends, and welcome to this new episode of the Superhuman Podcast. In this episode, I'm interviewing Sean Wells, the world's greatest formulator. That's a huge title. And in this episode, we're going to talk about all sorts of things. Uh, we're going to start with Sean's story. Um, now, uh, I'm usually um, very practical when it comes to backing stuff, and I just want to go right away on the stuff that works. But I purposely decided to interview Sean on his story because I think it's a great source of inspiration for many. At least it was for me, and I'm sure it's going to be a form of inspiration for you as well. Then during the episode, we're going to talk about autoimmune diseases and keto, um, and we're going to touch that while talking with, um, with Sean about his story and how he turned his health from, uh, you know, I'll say from zero to one, right, from for the better. Uh, then we're going to talk about the importance of patented supplements and why those are so important um, and a little bit about the scam uh, around certain supplements, right? Do all supplement works and how you should use your supplements? Why is it important to cycle certain supplements and certain herbs? We're going to talk about ashwagandha, REM sleep and all sort of stuff. So please stay tuned and follow the episode. Uh, until the end and also have a look at the show notes because Sean um, on his website seanwells.com just came out with a new guide a new book called the energy formula so I can't recommend that enough it's a great book and in general you should go to Sean Wells website because the amount of amazing content if you go on his website and then click on guide the amount of content that guide that he has created he has a guide for uh, that talks about gluten, one that talks about anti-nutrients is a huge topic, which I love it. So go and check it out and check his new book. But for now, sit down and enjoy this amazing episode with Sean Wells. Well, thank you. Thank you very much for making this. I uh, like, I really, really appreciate it. And I had to tell you, like, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm super excited. Uh, my O-ring heart rate while I was sleeping was like 10 times more than my usual heart rate. And, and this morning, uh, before the interview, I was literally freaking out. I said, okay, let me enhance something like asmer rosemary oil. I use blue lotus oil, uh, coffee with L-theanine, everything possible to be ready for the interview. Uh, so yeah, I'm, re- I'm really happy that uh, you made time for this. Cool. Well, I'm, I'm uh, glad that you're excited and Glad to do it. Well, well yes, I've, I have so many questions for you. I'll try to fit them all in uh, in this interview. Uh, but I, I'd like to start with your uh, with your story because it's, it's truly inspiring. And then I'm going to tell you later, like I self-identify myself a little bit uh, um, with, with your story. Uh, you know, your bio is is huge, but I'm just going to probably start saying one of the first things that impacted me and you know is the title like the world greatest formulator and uh you know that's that's a big title but there is way more 
than that. Like you are a physician and you love doing formulation and supplements, easier things. Uh, but before we start, would you like sharing with the audience a little bit more about your story? Sure. Um, it's really a story of uh, healing and redemption and, and it's kind of the hero's journey uh, that, I'm, that I'm really proud of myself about because I was one of those kids that was uh, last picked for every sport team that was laughed at all through school. I remember crying many nights uh, at home and uh, you know, kids made fun of me because I was very overweight. I not only was overweight, but I had big legs and a big butt and, uh, it was, yeah. it was relentless. I mean, people would call me fat fuck, fat ass, you know, all this stuff. And that had me just going further down that rabbit hole of just junk food and, and self-soothing. Yeah. And I didn't get attention from girls. I wasn't the cool kid in class. I was pretty funny, but I was funny because of, you know, self-deprecation and, and trying to uh, connect yeah. and not be hurt so bad. And so I also was pretty good at school, uh, which helped obviously, but you know, it, it was, it was tough. Uh, and, and my home life was, was not easy either. And, uh, my two brothers ran away very young and, and so I struggled quite a bit, uh, struggled with, um, self-esteem, struggled with, uh, really having my own identity. And I just felt like, like a joke, like I wanted to be anyone but me. Wow. And, and, uh, you know, I, I got into a really good business school because I was told that's what I need to do is business. And I really didn't have any idea of like chasing my dreams at that time. Like there wasn't the Oprah's and Tony Robbins and, yeah. and Instagram influencers. And you're just told like, do something realistic, go make money. Yeah. And anything that sounds even remotely like a dream is stupid. And that's what I was told by my father. That's what I was told by my teachers. That's what I was told by everyone. So I went to a business school and uh, I was pursuing that. But a couple of years in, uh, creatine had come out and I was like, you know, getting on protein and creatine mm -hmm. and working out and seeing, you know, benefits and gains. And uh, my body started leaning out. And for the first time, I was getting attention from girls. I was starting to play basketball and, and feeling like that was great. And I went to my doctor in between my sophomore and junior year, and he saw, saw how passionate I was. Mm -hmm. And I was telling him, like, this is the coolest stuff. Like, I love these magazines. I can't get enough of these books. I'm spending hours in GNC, like, reading the labels. I yeah. expected him to laugh at me. Because again, to this point, no one ever really encouraged me for anything. And he drew out this lifeline. Uh, I was 20 at the time and he said, and, and it was between 20 and 80. And mm -hmm. he said, why not be happy between here and here? Yeah. And that was a game changer for me. And it changed my whole life path. It gave me permission. This was a medical doctor telling me essentially to chase my dreams 
and it wasn't like some you know hippie guy like saying bro like you should go like do that thing you love (laughs) you know it was like it was a guy who's really respectable to me at that time and the power of words are are just absolutely incredible If, if you don't think that you can literally change someone's life path with the words that come out of your mouth you're wrong uh, because in the same way, uh, when I finished up my degree at Babson in, in marketing and, and IT, yeah. uh, I ended up you know, wanting to get my prerequisite classes so I could get a master's at UNC Chapel Hill, which was my dream school for nutrition. And I talked to this uh, guidance counselor okay. at UNC Greensboro. Uh, my parents were down in North Carolina so I could go in state. Mm-hmm. I was deeply in debt and I was going to have to put all this on my credit card and it was just a crazy dream. Um, but I told this guy about you know trying to knock all these science classes out as quickly as I could. It was going to be 26 credit hours uh, a semester of sciences and he just laughed at me. He's like, you're a business student, you're going to fail and you'll fail miserably. And he told me, you're not even in that good of shape. Wow. And I left his office crying, feeling like someone stole my dream, what I had spent the last two years working on in my head. And I wanted to kill myself. And I had a bottle of vodka and a bottle of pills. And that was my plan. Wow. Luckily, I did not. uh, And I decided that night that that was going to strengthen my resolve that I was going to do this thing even if I had to put it on a credit card even if I had to work 24 hours a day I was going to get into Chapel Hill I was going to ace these classes and I did put everything on the credit card and I crushed it in record time straight A's I thought of that guy every single day so he's a part of my story too. Luckily, I didn't, yeah. you know, take my life. He strengthened, you know, like maybe I wouldn't have even made it through without him. Interestingly, I mean, everyone's a part of the story because every time someone asked me, like, "Hey, you want to go out drinking? You want to go party? You want to go do this or that?" I was like, "Nope, I'm focused, man." Yeah. And so I did. I did get in Chapel Hill. <laughs> And, uh, but I was pushing so hard at that point and still lacking the self-esteem, even though like I was getting in better shape yeah. that my body shut down on me and I had uh, a host of autoimmune issues. I ended up getting, uh, Epstein-Barr, also known as mono, mm-hmm. uh, uh, chronic fatigue syndrome, fibromyalgia, Hashimoto's, I had strep throat. I literally, I couldn't get out of bed for about six months. I was in pain and inflamed. And again, thought about killing myself. How old were you at the time? At this time, I was in my mid-20s. Okay, wow. And and I thought life was over. And I ended up like digging into some message boards and, and finding... Uh, the, the ketogenic diet, and I read about some books on it too. Uh, the ketogenic diet for the uh, practitioner, and um, a bodybuilding book called um, 
It was by Dan Duquesne uh, from EAS, but I'm trying to think of it. About mm-hmm. Body Opus was the name of the book. Okay. And it was about uh, keto for for bodybuilders. And so I was reading all this stuff and then digging in online and I was finding that people that had autoimmune issues were having uh, some luck with it. So I tried it and amazingly, I was like out of bed, I was going back to school. I was feeling like really good. And, um, and it was just a game changer for me. So I'm like bouncing all the way back and, and seeing what this can do for me. And again, this just strengthened my resolve of like, wow, like what I've done to heal myself, I can do with other people. For others. And this became my purpose. Like, you know, the healing that I needed from low self-esteem, from being overweight, from being sick, from autoimmune issues, from having low energy. Now that became my purpose. And about eight years ago, when again, I was pushing too hard, I was the director of R&D at Dimatize, and I was working probably 70, 80, 90 hours a week, because it was my dream job. But I was just going way too hard, long, long, long days, and I ended up getting a brain tumor. And, uh, you know, I was kind of on and off with keto at that point. Like sometimes I would just be so overwhelmed I just take whatever's around, you know, like you know, out of the vending machine or, or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't it still wasn't convenient at that point. There wasn't all the snacks and recipes and things that there are now. And uh, and again at that point, I'm like, Whoa, <laughs> I need to really start putting my life in perspective and my health in perspective and not just serving other people. And not just driving for achievement, but I need to be showing up as my best self so that I can give my best. And I had lost perspective of that. So I ended up doing all the things, the biohacking, the intermittent fasting, keto, paleo, you know, working with an allergist on, on different things, looking at the blood work and just putting my life together, working out every day as part of my schedule, de-stressing. So that's my, my health journey. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it's been an amazing one. And then most recently this past year, I've really been digging into plant medicine and therapy, working on some of that, that past trauma, working on really building back my self-esteem and trying to love myself and be proud of myself and not be so driven for achievement, not grinding through life anymore, where you're breaking yourself down, where you're, you know, grinding is not where you want to be. Like hustle and grind is, is the wrong message. That's sympathetic nervous system and ultra sympathetic nervous system. Yes. Hustle and flow. Cool. Like get to your flow state where you're in your parasympathetic and you're, you're loving life and you're manifesting life heads down grinding that's not where you want to be and i've done that long enough and i've i've achieved enough things and it's now it's time to take care of myself and when i do i can show up as the best version of me and take care of people around me better too so those are mm-hmm. those are lessons i've learned that's my health journey that's my story so sean well uh, first of all i really want to thank you because uh, I can imagine is uh, 
not easy to to share it but it's it's great the fact that you're sharing this uh not just through this podcast you know but also on the US side and your channel and other interviews uh should make you proud and i'm sure you are because uh, uh, everyone who's listening to this can be truly inspired in so many ways uh first like first of all i, I really believe that nobody uh even people that sometimes are close to you is entitled to tell you what you should do and what you should not do and the fact that you've done um you follow a certain path in the past that should not define yourself like you know you said you were studying um uh, economy and then you wanted to switch to another uh to, um, to another career path that first journey that you did doesn't is not a label and uh you know career switching um this is an important po- topic for a lot of people because a lot of people maybe uh, have a lot of enthusiasm when they start a certain uh, journey then they just change their mind or they change passion or they found their true passion after but sometimes they hold they've been held back by the beliefs that because they've done something in the very beginning they cannot change anymore and that doesn't apply uh, that applies for any age either you're 20 30 40 50 and onwards so that's a very inspiring message and um, allow me to say it really touched me because in some ways i self-identify myself uh in a lot of ways and i'm sure a lot of people who are listening and a lot of people in this world have a similar in their own circumstances but a similar uh journey uh especially when it comes to self-healing in a way or another uh so uh, thank you thank you so much for sharing uh sharing that i and that's why uh, you know before the interviews i saw your bio i knew uh, you a little bit because you know i'm in the space but i saw your bio and i said i really love to start this interview with this story because it's an inspiration and you should be proud of yourself i know you are but you know it's we should say more positive people should learn to not give it for granted that people know what they're doing well uh i, I mean this belief in professionally and in relationships you always should share with people what you think and i think you should be proud of yourself and we need more people like you in this world uh so so really uh thank you and i speak for myself uh you, you inspired me uh so thank you thank you very much uh, no, I appreciate it. no no worries and trust me i really really mean it uh so thanks um well i have uh, i have so many questions for you today because uh um especially for supplements and supplementation i i, I want to start with that because I, I really believe there is a it is a topic uh, where there is so much information out there but there is also so much misinformation and i think that the danger is with supplementation in general i'm just going to be very generalistic uh, generalistic here is that you know there are so many components um some brands actually they don't put in the capsule what they're displaying or uh, some others do or maybe some type of supplements they need a certain care uh some may deteriorating you know after you open the bottle there are so many components where and the the end line could be that some people may read some benefit of supplement x but maybe it's the wrong brand and they treat the supplement the wrong way 
and it doesn't work, or they maybe have leaky gut and they cannot absorb nutrients and then it doesn't work and they believe, okay, this stuff doesn't work. And maybe something that could be very healing for them and very good for them, you know, they, they just assume that that stuff doesn't work. So I like, um, what's, what's your view on this? Do you, do you believe like me that there is a lot of misinformation about supplements out there? A <laughs> hundred, hundred million percent. Uh, it's very frustrating for me as someone who's built my life off of supplements and has healed myself on many yeah. levels of on supplements. And you know, I have been called the world's greatest formulator. I mm-hmm. have uh, formulated over five hundred products. I have patented ten ingredients. You know, I believe deeply in this. Otherwise, I'm a fraud. And it's frustrating to me to see all these companies putting out misinformation. It's frustrating to me to see companies putting out bad products. Yeah. But it's also frustrating to me to see the, the medical and pharmaceutical industry like disparaging uh, so many supplement ingredients. I mean, Dr. Fauci said, yeah, maybe vitamin D is okay. And you could take some vitamin C if you want, doesn't really do a whole lot. And then he said, but that's about it. Yeah, really? I heard that you one. You know, yeah. really, like that's it. Like vitamin D in all the research is almost like the anti-COVID. Vitamin C yes. in large doses, like especially in like IV doses, like 50, uh, five to 50 grams, like would wipe anything like that out. Um, but beyond that, to not mention other things that can affect the immune system like zinc and lysine and uh, polysaccharides from mushrooms and AHCC from mushrooms and uh, ergothionine from mushrooms. There's so many immune ingredients. Um, Uno de gato, um, uh, monolaurin, uh, which comes from coconut oil, C12. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's so many things that have great data. It's just an insane and uh, frustrating statement. Like someone could make, like reckless. Like when it's your job to advise people, and we're all waiting uh, on a vaccine and, and thinking that vaccines and masks will save us. And I'm not even disparaging those things. I, you know, I don't think those are necessarily bad, and, and they can certainly, obviously, be helpful. But it, it's, it's, it's shameful to not talk about exercise. It's shameful to not talk about Thank insulin you. sensitivity, and you know, taking things that can help with insulin sensitivity, like berberine or dihydroberberine. It's crazy to not talk about not only getting vitamin D as a supplement, but getting out in the sunshine. It's crazy to not talk about having healthy exercise and de-stressing, you know, to, to not do grounding and, and get fresh air. It's crazy to me to, to not talk about these things. And what about deep connection? We know that like loneliness and isolation are killers, killers. Fear lowers the immune system by 50%. And we're telling people to isolate and hide and stay in your box and wear your mask. And we're not telling them all these other things that can enrich their life during this time. 
that can make them healthier, that can make them more resilient, that there is tons of data on. I'm not talking about homeopathic uh, yeah. medicine. I'm not talking about, you know, uh, something that's like, you know, crazy uh, ideas of, you know, extrapolated theories on quantum mechanics or something. I'm talking about stuff that has tons of data. Yeah. And so for him to not talk about those things, it shows you where the agenda is, both politically and monetarily. I, I totally agree. There's an agenda. And, and it's very frustrating to me. So but when you look at these things, how, how do you trust like the information out there when companies are lying to you so they can make profits, politicians are lying to you, the, the medical industry is lying to you, and so it's very hard to find information that you can trust. And I feel like that is my purpose on this planet is to provide that information that you can trust. And hopefully people do trust me. Um, thank you for sharing these things. And honestly, um, you know, I, I've been told not to talk about this stuff. But to be honest, I don't care because I think uh, everyone should be free uh, of telling what what they think especially when it's backed by data and for me it's mind-blowing that 80% of people who have adverse symptoms through COVID they are vitamin D deficient and you need to go somewhere in the internet and pick this information like why is it not readily available and you know plus everything that you said before so to be honest, I'm very upset about <laughs> all, all this situation. And uh, the other things that make me very, very upset, um, and I'm going to go a bit wider here, but is uh, uh, I consider myself uh, lucky by the fact that I started doing my research uh, a few years ago. Uh, I'm not sure if you know, but like uh, we now don't even have like freedom of research. I, I'm talking about search engines and, and so on. Because the algorithm now, uh, since, a couple, since, since a few years, have been changed in a way that people like, for example, Dr. Mercola, they've disappeared completely from, from the search engine, including YouTube. And, and this is for me is, is crazy because I don't see any difference between, you know, the classic mass media where people just watch the television and they take information in to the... Um, the uh, the fault the false fault that people are doing their free research where this research is not free anymore. Like if you type a, a you know a word on Google and I don't know natural remedy for, like those search results have been uh, they, they are fake. Like it's, it's like yeah. So uh, it, it is very frustrating, and that's where I uh, that's where I mean. Um, when I said we need more people like you, uh, I meant exactly this. We need more people um, like you uh, to say all those stuff because people really need to hear another version, especially if it's backed by science. So thank you very much for bringing that up. Um, so you talk about, it's curious about vitamin C, right? So you said that especially intravenously, uh, it, works, it, it works better. Why is that? Do you reckon it's a problem of absorptions or if you take it through supplements yeah well it becomes uh, pretty caustic to the gut um, okay you have GI distress if you get above maybe a couple grams it, it just becomes not feasible uh, you would have severe diarrhea so 
Um, you can do a liposomal vitamin C and get into mm-hmm. some higher doses and get better bioavailability. You could probably get like five grams or something reasonably. Uh, but to get like kind of the massive doses, you really need to go uh, intravenously, go straight into uh, uh, the, the plasma. So that would be ideal if you can go like mm-hmm. five grams all the way up to, like I said, 50 grams. I think 25 would, would be reasonable uh, to do with with uh, with COVID concerns, flu concerns coming up this, this winter. Um, that's certainly an effective dose related to cancer as well. But a lot okay. of the things that we could do with cancer would be ideal for the immune system in general doing IV vitamin C, doing hyperbaric oxygen chamber therapy mm. above two atmospheres, maybe a couple, like, you know, for several straight weeks, like a couple times a week, um, you know, doing uh, whole food, certainly paleo style eating, uh, getting rid of sugar, uh, getting on your circadian rhythm uh, with good sleep hygiene and a consistent wake time, uh, you know, your eating window mm-hmm. uh, ideally is intermittent fasting, mm-hmm. but also during the daylight, like with Dr. Spatch and Panda's uh, data. So like maybe doing like if you're doing an 18 and six, like where or a, a 16 and eight, sorry, like where mm-hmm. you don't um, eat for 16 hours and then you eat for eight hours. Mm-hmm. I think having a window like 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. would make sense. Mm-hmm. Um you know, so some of these things, and then working on on yourself and your mental resilience, doing things like gratitude journaling and daily affirmations and breath work and stretching and uh, just de-stressing, taking um, timeouts like during your your work, like every hour, taking that break, taking the eye break, taking the breath break, uh, you know, walking away from your computer. You know, taking walks and uh, listening to music, listening to podcasts, doing things that enrich your life is going to enhance your resilience. And that resilience means that you're harder to kill. The more resilient you are, you're harder to kill. So these viruses can actually be of benefit to you. Pathogens can be of benefit to you, just like going to the gym. You're strengthening your immune system. There was a story in the 70s about the boy in the bubble that his, yeah. he had no immune system, so he had to stay in the bubble. But, you know, it's like, but if he got any type of pathogen, he could die. And we don't want to be the boy in the bubble. We want to go live life. And there's a reason that animals can eat their own poop and drink out of the lake and, you know, do all this stuff because they are resilient. They don't worry if, you know, food hit the ground. They don't worry about being exposed to other people. They are super resilient. And they also don't play out stories of self-loathing. They just be. They don't have, like, all this negative uh, uh, loop, this loop of, like, all this, I hate myself and I'm no good and I'm not beautiful and I'm not talented and I'm going to fail at that. Animals don't have that. That's another reason they're resilient. Uh, we have that. If anyone in our life talked to us like we talked to us, yes, you wouldn't be their friend. 
you wouldn't be their friend. So, you know, you need to change your self-talk. And that's, those are the lessons I'm learning this year is changing my self-talk, changing the stories. Instead of being the victim, I actually have a hard time kind of telling my, 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 my story anymore, not because I'm so traumatized by it, mm -hmm. but I'm trying to actually move past it. Yeah. That, that was, that was me for a long time. You know, for a long time I was the victim. Then I felt like I was the hero dealing with that trauma but now i just feel like it's another life yeah and and i'm past it and you know instead of telling the story of the victim to yourself tell the story of the hero like change your story change the dialogue if you want to live like your best life then you have to change that dialogue and stop saying like oh well i guess that figures yeah. i don't care I guess that's the way it is. That sucks. You know, all that talk is garbage. It, it needs to be, this is amazing. Life is happening not to me, but for me. Mm -hmm. That everything is on my path for a reason. I either win or I learn, which means I win or I win. Yes. And it's that simple. Losing is a story. Winning is what you're meant. And that's the way we are until all this stuff gets projected on us and we get programmed during our life. Totally agree. I, I love the, the fact of uh, the fact that you mentioned about the self-talk. And that's something that I learned about one year ago about myself. And, you know, it totally makes sense. You would never say, so let's say I failed an exam, right? A friend of mine would fail an, an exam. I would never say to a friend of mine, hey, you lazy XXX, like you failed the exam, you're lazy, you could have done better. I will try to encourage that person, right? By being a friend. And, but, but then the situation in reverse, if I fail the exam myself and I have that self-talk by myself, we as humans, we tend to have that negative self-talk, you know, judging us negatively. And I invite everyone to do exactly what you just said, changing that self-talk from negative to positive and it just it just it, ch it changed so much and it really really uh does and um for me it made a huge difference and uh that's one of the things that i tell to all my friends sometimes when they tr you know when they talk bad about themselves change that that is the 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 absolute basic of of, of um of everything so it's, uh, it's true. And regarding your, uh, your story, uh, that was part of you, Sean. That was part of you. It's like when I'm training to become bigger, but you know, when I start training, I'm weak. Uh, that part, you know, like you said, even the bully that, you know, the, the guy who said, oh, what are you doing? You can never make this. Although it's, it's negative, it's part of you. It's part of your story and it's part of your journey. So, uh, yes. Oh, exactly. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't look back with regret yeah. on anything. You should. That is so key. Like everything is a lesson and everything happens for me. I see like so many of the things that have happened. Everything that's happened in the past has put me here right now. And right mm -hmm. now is where I want to be. And I'm proud of who I am and I, and I love who I am. So I don't want to go back and change anything. It's all lessons. Yeah. Some of those hardships 
have not only taught me lessons, but allowed me to connect on an empathetic level with all these people that I care about, allows me to be seen and heard in such a way that they trust me and connect with me. So, I mean, there's nothing like I want to change in terms of trauma and seemingly negative Mm -hmm. things that have happened in my past. It's all happened for me. And I'm a better person because of it. The obstacle is the way. I don't want to avoid the obstacle. I don't want to find shortcuts under, over, around it. The obstacle is the way. The adversity makes me stronger. That makes me more resilient, makes me harder to kill. I am better as a result of the adversity. Just like going to the gym, Mm -hmm. I get stronger through it. You know, you can just walk through the gym Sure, like you can find some way to say you went to the gym and walk out, but that's avoiding the obstacle. And then there's some people that never go to the, the gym in the first place. Yeah. But then there's people that see it as an opportunity and they mm-hmm. take time and they get better at it and it becomes something they enjoy. That adversity becomes something that they build their identity off of and become good at and proud of. Yeah. And that's that's the difference between people that are scared to even try. And that's where everything happens is the willingness to try, to experiment. All the most successful people in the world are experimenters. They're willing to try, willing to test it out, willing to call it an experiment. And if there's no fail in their mind, just like Edison said, now I know what it's not. Yeah. It's not a failure. It's clarity. And it's building your resolve. It's building your identity. 100%. But my, my question to you is, you know, you, uh, you, know, you had the willingness, willingness to, to change things up. And, and the fact that you moved your your study towards you know more health medicine and and so on help you uh, you know you said you were in a terrible situation in your mid uh, physically in your mid-20s but then you kind of developed the knowledge to to heal yourself both mentally and physically because i think the two things are interconnected and uh how what was the switch for you to heal yourself physically as well I started down the path of healing myself physically in terms of not being obese anymore Mm -hmm. by just self-loathing. I mean, it was just being tired of being picked on. And there was points when I went to become, instead of being overweight, obese really, I was like 300 pounds. I went to 150 pounds as an anorexic. Wow. And then there was points when I was... 220 pounds and ripped and muscular, but I was orthorexic where I was going to the gym, you know, for four hours a day and obsessed with it. Yeah. And, and at none of those points did I really like myself. I mean, physically I may have been healthier, you know, muscular and and lean, but mentally I still wasn't there. And that's why like, there's so many steps along my path for my journey. So many lessons of like what real health is. 
and it's really that term like 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 I told you, like after I got really fit, I still ended up having my whole immune system crash because I wasn't as mentally healthy as I should have been. I wasn't taking steps to control stress, to to love myself, to have uh, the passion that I should have for for all the other aspects of my life, you know, to have hobbies and balance. And so like those were all lessons. and. You know, it's, I'm still working on it. Like I said, this year, thank you. Thank you to COVID. Like I really, it shut down my life. I was going to be traveling 300 days this year. I was going to be even more stressed. And and yet I talk about energy and resilience and health and mindset and all these things. But I was just giving myself away and I was pushing very hard and I was still seeking achievement. And I yeah. knew all the hacks to like keep myself in the game yeah. and not be dead. <laughs> yeah. But I wasn't applying like logical, healthy, uh, a logical, healthy approach like I would tell someone else that I care about to do. And it's just this year that I'm really working on on going deep with myself by doing plant medicine, by doing guided therapy, by doing hypnotherapy, by, um, you know, listening to podcasts and, you know, taking time out and traveling and listening, listening to music and just enjoying nature and spending time with my pets and, you know, all these things that I was taking for granted before. Definitely. I think everyone should cover the basics, right? And then the biohacks, that's what I think. Like everyone, there are some basics, and then the biohacks are there to either help you out to um, heal like an underneath condition or bringing you to the next level. And but they cannot fix, uh, at least for the long term, uh, things uh, that will fall off if you don't cover the basics. If I don't, if I sleep two hours a night no matter how much you know coffee and and um, uh, mental performance supplements and oxygen time chamber you know no matter what i do you know, I, I will still not be 100 percent myself so like sleep getting sunshine grounding and um you know hugging people and you know or hug a pet you know for oxytocin all those things are the basics and then there is everything else to to go to the next level um and yeah i totally agree with you um i think um people should very be care- uh, should be careful uh, not to go to a phase of burnout you know everyone now you know we're in a study where we should go 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 and you know if you stop you're a loser or if you know if you take some you know if you don't do something uh, you are a loser but it is is not you know the go 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 strategy is a v- is is a super short term strategy uh, because once you go in burnout, and I, I'm talking here for personal experience, uh, you can do self-love and you know everything else, and you know look after yourself. But it's gonna take a few months, you know, optimistically before to get the level you were before the burnout. Uh, so it's a very dangerous um, um, uh, things to play with, and uh, I personally try to be very careful with my. <laughs> let's call it chronic cortisol levels, right? If I had a busy week, we work, and I'll try to remove 
I'll I, I try to think into approaches but then tell me you can tell me if I'm doing the right things or not approach number one if I have a very stressful week we work or, or whatever I'll try okay to remove some stressors either jumping you know skipping a session at the gym you know exercising is a good stressor but you know if you are living a stressful week month and so on can be you know another stressor on top other stresses and on the other hand trying to um lower my cortisol levels maybe with plant medicine or with roots like ashwagandha and so on but there is a trick and you and you can you can tell me right for for example for for ashwagandha uh there is a um, i'm talking about brands but you know it all comes down to formulations and so on i've used periods some brands of ashwagandha and you know certain extract and that did not work at all and when i say it did not work i mean that i took my cortisol tests you know through the day before and after no changes but then by trying different more powerful and you know extract that did work in so many ways not just in lowering cortisol and and that's the things that make me frustrated what people can do to identify a good extract or a good supplement from another one like is there anything we can do uh sean to find those type of things yeah i'm a big fan speaking of resilience which now i think is is kind of the most important aspect of health is adaptogens they help with that resilience so ashwagandha is an indian ayurvedic uh adaptogen mm -hmm. and rhodiola is a russian adaptogen and ginseng is an asian adaptogen and maca is um in a south american uh, adaptogen and so all these amazing plants that have a legend and lore uh about them and it's because they're so multifaceted adaptogens like when you're too high or too low at something mm -hmm. will normalize you your blood pressure your blood sugar improve your sleep but also improve your focus and your energy and so these compounds are incredibly helpful and they do reduce uh, feelings of stress and improve your stress resilience, your stress response. And so you're able to deal with more mental and physical adversity. Um, so these compounds are incredible. So yes, I'm a big fan of ashwagandha. My, probably my favorite form is sensoril. There's also KSM 66, uh, but I lean towards sensoril. Mm -hmm. And then ashwagandha, uh, rhodiola, um, you know, I've been working on a, a form of rhodiola as well through NMB Nutrition called Rodeo Prime. That's that's got higher levels of, of some of the active compounds than any other um, than any other rhodiola on the market. And you know, there there's just some great ones out there. And the reason I did that rhodiola mm -hmm. was because I just felt there was a need. There was no branded rhodiola. Mm. Um, so. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of those compounds of all of them and I cycle through them and use them uh, pretty consistently. Do you reckon that cycling is important when it comes to today? Okay. So for example, I, do. I, mm -hmm. I feel that way. I, mm -hmm. You know, like there's you know, people ask me all the time, kind of like that endogenous versus exogenous discussion, mm -hmm. like that when you take something exogenous outside of the body, mm -hmm. how does that affect your endogenous? production. So I don't like to use something just chronically and indefinitely. Mm. And 
I like the feeling of these adaptogens, but I just cycle through them. Like, you know, one month I'll use ashwagandha, the next month I'll use rhodiola, like in the yeah. next month, something else. And, and so I feel like that's the best approach, but, um, you know, it's it's something that you should experiment with, yeah. like I was talking about before, and see what works for you, your own bio-individuality. That's, that's worked well for me, and it gives me an opportunity to tune in and see how I'm doing or see how a different compound affects me at different points in my life. So I'm not just, you know, chronically using something indefinitely, and, and that becomes the new baseline. Yeah, definitely. I think now we're lucky enough during this period of life that we have more way to track things as well. You know, it's very good. And I invite people to do to pay attention when they try something new to, to, to pay attention if they feel a change or not. And uh, it might be that that particular uh, plant or, or whatever it is, is not working for them or it might be is a different extract that is not working for them but right now like we got things like i don't know for example an order ring right and and you know way more tests that we can measure a lot of biomarkers and and this is very exciting for me because that gives you a, a very clear indication if something is working or not you got like data that you can see and I, you can see the effect that something is doing to uh to your body uh, i personally love ashwagandha and I have one problem with it though. It if you take the right type of it, it tastes awful. <laughs> it really tastes uh, bad, and I I try. Yeah. You can just take capsules, but yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. I try with powder. I tried everything. Now I I put it on salad, believe it or not, and it kind of my salad is kind of mask everything. Uh, but for me personally, I had a problem with Ramsley. Or I used to have a problem with REM sleep uh, until a while ago. And uh, and this is pretty recent. When I say pretty recent, it's like a couple of weeks, two, three weeks. Um, my, uh, my REM sleep was always short, no matter the time of the day. I've tried different things. The things that made the difference, and I'm not sure if it's a combo effect or it's just one or the other, is when I started supplementing the right type of ashwagandha and lion's mane on the same time. Um, and I'm talking from... 30 minutes REM sleep out of a seven hour sleep cycle to one hour, 15 minutes. So something pre and every, you know, every night since I started taking those two. Um, and this is exciting. Since you started taking ashwagandha and what? Lion's mane. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And cool. yeah, I'm not sure if it's one of the other, uh, doing the work or, or maybe both together doing the work of REM sleep but it's something that yeah it literally went from half an hour to nearly uh two hours of um of REM sleep according to my um aura ring um is uh is great so you said you're patenting some a lot of formulation right and why do you think i know the answer to this but i, I just want to bring that to people but why do you think there is the need for it need to do patents correct and s s sort of, of you know putting like label of quality basically to certain ingredients yeah patents uh when you work on ingredients like i remember bringing raspberry ketones to the market and mm -hmm. i didn't have any patents and mm -hmm. it sold millions of bottles through tons of companies it was on dr odds all those kinds of things mm -hmm. i didn't make a single dime off of it and that's part of it 
when you do the work and especially when you do research and you make sure it's safe with grass and toxicology generally generally recognized as safe grass it's an fda distinction i mean this stuff like literally each ingredient i've worked on will take anywhere from three hundred thousand dollars to a million dollars will take two to three years to get to market because we're doing uh we're doing not only the initial research like through studies and you know seeing the feasibility uh if it has the stability the the organoleptics which just means taste and smell if it has the bioavailability if it can be made feasibly in a factory all these things and then you know you do the the studies we'll do animal studies and cell studies and human studies and then we do the toxicology work and uh, this this grass generally recognizes safe uh, work uh, that the FDA deems and and you know you file these patents and you work with attorneys and yeah. I mean it takes a lot of time and money so you know you you want to cover yourself you want mm-hmm. to do it in, in a wise way but at the end of the day you come out with an ingredient that's been proven to be safe yes it has considerable data on it and you know that it works and to me i'm only working on patenting ingredients that light me up that are of interest to me if i'm going to spend mm-hmm. years on them yeah working with a team spending millions of dollars and literally spending every day of my life or you know years and years and years it better be an ingredient i'm interested in i don't yeah i don't you know there's ingredients that could make money uh with me but i'm not interested in then i'm not going to work on it like yeah. there's so many fascinating ingredients and pathways that excite me anti-aging pathways and and some of these things that i i I'm just like, I, I want to explore this. I want to yeah. take this myself. Yeah. And so I know that's an important part of the process to keep, you know, to keep this ingredient on path means I have to be in love with it. It has mm-hmm. to be my baby. Yeah. So uh, they become my baby and I nurture them and take care of them and, and bring them out into the world. That's, uh, uh, that's great. And the reason I've asked you that question is for people to understand, you know, the word that is behind it, but not just the word that is behind it, is that the, I'm just talking as a consumer, right? As a consumer, what I'm going to have is like something that I know that is proven to work and is bioavailable and so on compared to, and this, and this is why it gets me upset, what gets me upset in the supplement in, in industry, something that's been, that's been extracted, encapsulated, maybe... And, and probably, you know, is, is uh, not a, on a bioavailable form or um, is, uh, you know, there are so many components. That's what I'm trying to say. There are so many components involved for something to work. It has to be the right form, encapsulated correctly. The, the you know, the, the manufacturing process needs to have um, certain standards to work. And this is why I believe in, in the work that you do in, in patenting ingredients. Because at the end, as a consumer, if I take x supplement or extract i know that yes there is science baking it up but i know that it's the right form by available form and so on and so forth um and you've done so many uh, and one that i'm very interested in to ask you is the t- uh, ti cream did i pronounce it correct so uh 
I'm going to start asking you what it is, and then I have a couple of questions for you regarding that. Yes. Yeah. So it's uh, it's it's in the methylxanthine family, which mm-hmm. means like think caffeine, mm-hmm. theobromine, theophylline. Uh, these kinds of ingredients also has um, theocrine, mm-hmm. liberine, and methylliberine. And me and my partners, uh, Dr. Hector Lopez, Dr. Tim Ziegenfuss, uh, we patented uh, theocrine, liberine, and methylliberine, which are now known as, as T-crene or teacrine, as you like to mm-hmm. say, uh, or also dynamine, which is methylliberine. Mm-hmm. And these ingredients differ from caffeine because they don't have the habituation effect or adaptation effect. So you're not as physiologically uh, dependent upon them. Mm-hmm. And when you use them, they have the same effect every time. With uh, caffeine, it has kind of diminishing returns mm-hmm. uh, when you chronically use it. Um, some, at some point, you need that caffeine just to get to baseline of where you were without the caffeine it's not like providing additional benefits you know above and beyond your baseline anymore it's just getting you to baseline and so that's what's great about tea cream and dynamine is that uh they don't have those effects and they don't impair sleep as much and they don't cause anxiety as much Mm -hmm. and tea cream is more of a longer half-life so it's more uh well suited to um, you know, nootropic products and fat burners and things like that. Mm-hmm. Well, dynamine is a shorter half-life, very similar to caffeine. Mm-hmm. That's more well suited to, uh, pre-workouts and energy drinks and, and those kinds of things. And of course they work well. We've shown in studies, they have synergy with each other. Mm-hmm. Um, even with caffeine, you can do like a blend and then we've also shown that alpha GPC has mm. uh, supportive synergy with it as well, that when you use the blend, you can use different ratios to elicit different effects and have uh, different half-lives essentially that support each other. That's great. Will the, with your cream, will the effect, so I'm a big fan, I haven't tried your cream in the past, but I'm a big fan of the synergistic effect between caffeine and L-theanine. Um, uh-huh. even though I think there are, there, I think I'm sure there are some drawbacks in the long term, uh, just because, you know, caffeine and L-theanine, they give you that sort of like calm focus, calm lasting for a few hours focus. Is teacrine different in terms of like the ultimate effect that you take by taking teacrine from the synergistic no, effect? It's, it's similar as, uh, from that, um, um, central nervous system stimulation and also the um, uh, adenosine uh, uh, impact like caffeine. Uh, it does have a dopamine effect that's a little mm-hmm. bit different than, than mm-hmm. caffeine that's interesting. Um, but yes, I, I love theanine. I love like the way it smooths out these stimulants. Mm-hmm. And so I'm a big fan of that. And we've actually shown that in research as well. So. Um, and then the reason that the alpha GPC works is it's not only a nootropic, but, mm-hmm. um, the acetyl component, uh, contributes to acetylcholine as mm-hmm. does the choline component, uh, contributes to acetylcholine. And then the cholines contribute to, uh, the phospholipids in the brain. And so, 
a lot of uh, stimulants or nootropic agents burn through acetylcholine. And so that's why you see usually like CDP choline or alpha GPC be like a foundation of a nootropic stat. Um, so we've found that has synergy, but just like those caffeine studies you're talking about, mm -hmm. uh, theanine has uh, synergy with tecrine and dynamine as well. And so it, what's really cool is if you look at it, I love looking at the formulations that naturally occur in nature. Mm -hmm. If you look at green tea, yeah. You see it has EGCG, it has, which is an incredible antioxidant that improves blood flow and is anti-aging. And then you have the L-theanine component, which helps improve focus, which smooths out stimulation, smooths out the caffeine. Because we don't want to be stimulated, we want to be elevated and focused. And focus comes from clarity, not from overstimulation. So, and then you have the caffeine component that occurs in green tea. So you've got this blend of things that's improving blood flow, that's that's smoothing you out and helping you focus and center. And then you've got this this ingredient that's helping lift you up. And this occurs naturally. And you know some other compounds that can occur in, in tea are tecrine and dynamine as well. So, mm. um, which is theocrine and methylibrine. And so, like, I love looking at nature and seeing, like, all these, all these components that are there and, and you know, the beauty of, of Mother Nature's uh, formulation. Uh, the world's greatest formulator is actually Mother Nature, not me. So, um, yeah, that's, it's really cool to look at. Um, I'm just going to open a, a bracket and I'm going to close it very quickly. I like um, your face when you're talking about formulation totally changes uh you nailed uh you know what one of your passion like you seem like a different person and it's so it is it, it's, it's so rewarding for me to like, it's so amazing for me to to see i love when i see people pursuing their passion so close bracket it's just so obvious you know by seeing it in video um it is it is amazing and it's true that mother nature provides uh as with a lot of things, but uh, you know, uh, but looking at those things and those and those things, you know, searching for those things that Mother Nature provides—that's a big job. Uh, but we got people like you for that, so that's uh, that's that that's great. Fortunately, uh, I have a question regarding. I'm very very curious, but doubtful at the same time about. Um, because, you know, supp the supplementation um, industry is, you know, there are breakthroughs every uh, every month. Uh, but it can be for pe some people, and I'm one of those, can be a little bit overwhelming, right? Because the final result can be, you know, I know people, I'm not I'm not one of those yet, but I know people who take 80 capsules a day, right? Dave Asprey, you know, in this podcast, he says it takes 80 capsules a day. It can be a little bit overwhelming. So... And, you know, I, I always do my research about solutions to this, right? Solution to capsule. And one of the first things that come out if you do research is transdermal, um, you know, uh, plasters or those bands. Yeah. Uh, but I haven't specifically found any research of the effectiveness of transdermal delivery of certain nutrients. Uh, so this is why I was very curious to ask you um, What's your opinion on, on that, on transdermal delivery of certain nutrients? It, it can absolutely.
absolutely work. Uh, it worked incredibly well. I mean, you're bypassing the liver, uh, which is filtering or detoxifying uh, these ingredients as it should. Um, you know, obviously, just like intravenous, there can actually be not only more benefit in terms of bioavailability and delivery, but there can also be more danger when your mm -hmm. liver is not filtering out and, and acting as a barrier, so to speak, mm -hmm. towards all of these ingredients just making their way into your body. Um, and not only the liver, but digestion too. So, um, you know, that's a concern is mm -hmm. to look at uh, the, the amount of the ingredients uh, that you're getting and what else is being delivered with it. Is it safe? Um, you can see that, like, for example, with testosterone that's delivered mm -hmm. in a cream or gel, um, you know, there's been incidents where the father rubbed up on a prepubescent girl or a baby or whatever, mm -hmm. and it has disastrous effects on, on that child or baby that shouldn't be exposed to testosterone in those levels uh, being absorbed. So, you know, there's, there's concerns, but, but it is an effective uh, route. Potentially you have to look at the delivery system. Um, uh, there's, there's numerous ingredients that, that can work on that front. Um, a lot of veterinary medicines are delivered mm -hmm. that way. Uh, hormones delivered that way. And more and more things are being looked at transdermally. Actually, dihydroberberine, which I've worked mm -hmm. on and patented, uh, has about five to six times bioavailability orally over berberine. It doesn't have the GI distress because it's basically what berberine converts into in the gut, it converts into dihydroberberine. So you're just delivering the active form. Mm. But interestingly, there's a study showing that when you deliver it uh, transdermally, it had about 30 times the bioavailability. Wow. So a pretty dramatic difference there. So you can lower doses again, you know, pretty remarkably and, and still have significant benefit. I just say, you know, be careful and know what you're doing there. Yeah, no, definitely. Any, uh, I'm not sure if I ask you, this, I can ask you this question, but especially for uh, patches and so on, do you have any brands that you could recommend? Or... Not really, okay. not really. Like it's, it's, it's an area that I, largely would just stick to something pharmaceutical like yeah. i i really don't trust um most of the products i've seen out there uh there's nothing that's that's wowed me that i trust at this time i'm not saying that there mm -hmm. isn't something but i yeah. haven't seen it i i personally go where i can and you know uh when my doctor gives me prescriptions for it through a, a compounding <laughs> pharmacy uh to, to make the compounds and so on and uh that way you're sure that is is uh it's kind of working uh yeah but it's great like transdermal transdermal really excites me because you know it can be an escape to all those pills you know you can just if you can just put a cream on a patch and have that same delivery of nutrients right and uh is uh is very good it's, it's sort of like supplementing passively um yeah uh, Sean, there are so many questions I'd like to ask you, but uh, we over the hour and, you know, I don't want to overtake your time. So, and I actually want to take, take the occasion again to, to thank you for, for being here. Uh, again, I have so many questions, but I also, you know, like 
interactions between cervanemines and so on. But I know that um, on, on your website and your Instagram and so on, you already have so much, you know, it's literally an encyclopedia of informations. And I saw certain things like the anti-nutrients guide and, and so on. I said, yes, thank you. You know, someone is always talking about this stuff and put, uh, putting all in a guide. So I know that a lot of my questions will have an answer on a lot of the guides that are on, on, on your website. Uh, but for, for people who want to reach you uh, and everyone who's listening, they definitely should. Uh, what's the best way to know about your work and your latest work? Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm at seanwells.com on that website that you were talking about where mm -hmm. I do have tons of guides and free information. Everything's free there. Uh, it's S-H-A-W-N-W-E-L-L-S, seanwells.com. And then you can find me on all the social platforms mm -hmm. with at ingredientologist, a scientist of ingredients, ingredientologist. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I appreciate you saying that. And I can always come back um and do some more uh with you we can do a follow-up episode for sure so i have no yeah. problem with that oh yeah uh, i i would love it uh like the, the like i said in the beginning the supplementation aspect and ingredients that's there needs to be clarity and i i think i'm well informed on the topic but i'm still very confused so i can imagine if people who are just starting out you know the confusion that is that there is out there uh, Thank you, thank you very much for, for being here. And sorry if I went a little bit over time. Uh, I really appreciate the fact that you took the time and I'm looking forward for hopefully more interview with you in the future. Sure, sounds good. <laughs> All right, thanks brother. <laughs> thank you very much. I'll see you soon. Hey there, thanks for listening. Before we conclude, I'd like you to remind you something very, very important. This episode, as well as this podcast in general, is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. Listeners should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have. Please, 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 if you have any medical condition, consult your physician first. Disclaimer given, I would love for you to subscribe this podcast and to leave me a review that will help me a lot we're just starting out we have already a lot of great interviews down the line which you don't want to miss so hit the subscribe button so you will get notification for the next exciting episode i'll see you next time